0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate And I'm Mark. You
1: can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows.
0: And today we are continuing our journey into Suicide Squad with minute number two. And the minute's going to start off with uh, Lieutenant. Is he a Lieutenant? Captain. Sergeant Captain, Captain. Captain Griggs. Griggs. Captain Keith Griggs explaining to Floyd Lawton what uh, consists of this loaf that he's about to uh, eat. And the minute's going to end with the introduction to Harley Quinn.
1: Can I? I, I hate the way people say spaghetti like a child.
0: Like ironically? Pischetti? Yes. Yeah. You know, my mother told me that it's like she, that's how she said spaghetti as a kid growing up. Like she could, that was, she thinks that she had a speech impediment or whatever. But, like, she could not say S-P. It was always P-S.
1: M- Johnny's, Johnny says it so much that, it's like... It's become natural, like, I, how she says it? It's one of those things, like... We, did she say it jokingly, or, we, or did she say it real? Well, that's how it starts, the fever, the rage. <laughs> like, we always go, like, oh, we're going to do things unironically, like, selfie uh hash saying the word hashtag when we say a word like yeah, I was
0: going to say with, with even typing out hashtags yeah. in the middle of conversations. someone saying typed lol it, oh man.
1: like it's it, it saying lol Ugh. yeah like lol like like saying it unironically to the point where saying it ironically to the point of unironically saying it so it's like you say you say pesquetty so much that people just say it now and and then it's like okay i was cool when it was like huh we're talking like five-year-olds like that's the joke but then it's like nah dude you're just referring to it as paschetti now and it's (laughs) that's like i don't know we we gotta take a step back here and i i get that it's funny for some people i think it's silly But then again, I don't like this character anyway. So anything he says, I don't like. So I'm not a big fan of this character because I'm also not a fan of the actor, like I said yesterday. Um, And just seeing him on camera just makes everything worse. And I'm like, I don't like you, dude. And I think that's the point of this film. And I wonder if Ian knows that as an actor that people don't like the way he looks. You know, like in... What is it? Is it Step Brothers? Where he's like, "Dude, you got a real punchable face," like, not that Ian was in Step Brothers, but that um, that other actor, like his his comedic jokes were about how ugly Will Ferrell looks. And he's like, "Dude, I just don't like the way you look," and that's how I feel about Captain Griggs. Every time we see him, it's like, it, we want like. In this minute Deadshot says, like, one day I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna rain down on you like the Holy Ghost. I wanna see that. But we didn't get that ever in this movie. Like yeah. he doesn't get his chance to do that. But I me personally it's like I really wish
0: he did. It's just empty threats, really. Yeah. And um It's kinda like what else can you do in the situation that Floyd finds himself in? Like all he can do. Like he, he can't really act a tough guy because he doesn't have his things that make him his villain, tough guy. He just has empty threats.
1: Well, I was thinking do you think he enjoys this? Do you think he he probably on some level, here, yeah. He's here till life. Yeah. He's not getting out. It's probably like their fun. Their version yeah, he's, of fun is just getting yeah, beat up. Well his morning was like I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch, work out. I'm gonna punch this sleeping bag because and it's like I really wanna fight someone right now. And who knows, maybe he does this every morning. It, maybe they're just like it seems natural. Like, Oh, it's another day. You're going to talk shit. We're going to beat you up. Like, and maybe dead shots. Like, this is a lot better than rotting in the cell. Like at least take me out. I'll fight a couple of you. Then you guys beat the hell out of me. Yeah. I go back to my room. It's time to go to bed. Like that's a day in it's my an book. Exercise. Man. You know, like it's, it's training, <laughs> you know, he's, he's keeping his, his skills sharp and um yeah like maybe this is the routine and and he's found some some joy in it because it's better than doing nothing um obviously
0: (laughs) might as well do something while you're doing
1: nothing yeah exactly we're gonna meet uh, we're gonna meet all the other characters and they have their own way of of uh keeping themselves busy you know um passing the time yeah like until you're literally dead yeah (laughs) um so yeah that's just that's how it seems to be and uh yeah i i I wonder if he enjoys this because it it feels like so you know Mm -hmm. um the the music that we were talking about yesterday the the house of the rising sun as i believe is the actual name of the song um when they're talking it seems like it's playing in the hallway because there's an echo effect to the the music. Um, I like that. And as we talked on our other podcast, Tarantino Minute, um, when that is used, when you're playing licensed music in in the context of the film, like it's Mm in-universe, I'm okay with that. And I think that's when it should be used uh we watched Star Trek Beyond yesterday mm-hmm. and they played a Beastie Boys song within the film it was used in the film yeah as like a tool like a yeah. an, an object within the, within the universe they did that
0: in the first one too
1: it uh, was it was in the beginning in when the car Kirk was
0: driving the car yeah he turned the radio on and yes. it was Beastie Boys but then it like gets louder as it fuses into the, the score tone of the, of the yeah yeah
1: which is fine i like that and so if they're just playing House of the Riding Sun in in the hallways, cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's I like the
0: effect. I don't know if I like the thought of music being played throughout a prison like that, but I like that they made it into that effect. If, if it's put suppo- an echo yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put the echo yeah, on it. Because when you
1: listen to them talking and they're, like, whispering to each other, it's super echoey. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell that it's playing in the hallway. Yeah. Um. And I do like that. I don't know. Um, so I guess this will kind of lead into the next scene, unless you have any notes. Uh, um, not really. They just
0: like to fight each other. Um, mm-hmm. and they're just ab shot and dead shot.
1: They're just like straight up. Um, like,
0: is that like is that a n- normal place? I guess you don't hit him in the face. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I guess you don't want to like beat him i don't i don't i don't know yeah it never
1: start with the head right yeah but like when there's like a body um here let me see if i can pull it up there's like a there's like a a mapping of the human body and what areas are the most sensitive and mm-hmm. it almost looks like a heat wave type thing like yeah heat uh heat sensitivity but it's more of like sensitivity Pain of receptors of, yes and they have that for tattoos like it's a it, you know to keep in mind of what areas are gonna hurt more, yeah, yeah. and it's usually the fattier areas hurt mm-hmm. more. Your abdomen is super sensitive. Like I know the tattoo on my chest dips down to like the start of my abs, like right where the sternum yeah, yeah, yeah. ends uh, in the rib cage, and that was super painful. So for someone to take a uh, a nightstick and and just hit you straight in the abdomen. You can call them batons. What else were they called? They were called billy clubs.
0: Yeah, that's another name. <laughs> that's for what them. the British call them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, like to get hit in the stomach with that is not only really, really painful, um, but it doesn't kill you. It knocks the wind out of you, so it's like the best torture spot because it's just pain, without the without the fear of actually killing someone. Um, so make sure you guys are writing this down next time you need to hit someone somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it is it is pretty painful, um, and you know you don't want to. Well, yeah, you don't want to break any bones or actually rupture any veins because you're you don't want to kill these characters off i think maybe there's like a lawsuit or something that they could get in trouble with i don't know no no well i was thinking like they these inmates probably want to die some of them want to kill themselves yeah and there's no fun in that for these officers so it's like we're we want to torture you but we want to keep you alive you're here in hell Mm -hmm. um and we're not letting you get out the easy way so we're here to keep you alive for as long as possible um and and that's just seems to be the best place to hit someone i wouldn't like the novice in me would be like oh just hit him in the face it's like nah you don't want to do that because then if you knock them out then they can't fight back and where's the fun in that kind of thing um so yeah it's and i don't want to imagine what it's like to especially the way that they're torturing deadshot like I don't want to ever I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> um yeah, it I, uh, what is um I'm trying to think of other torture scenes. I, I guess Casino Royale is the only other one that I that I know of that's like, yeah, I'm good. I don't <laughs> want to be in that situation. Um is there well, you, you never saw Zero Dark 30? Is there a torture scene? Oh, that
0: whole movie like was about like the torture and what they were doing over there. Not the whole movie, but it's the first half of the movie.
1: What did they do? Ooh,
0: it was a big deal. Like in real life, like what they were, what, you know, CI officials were doing to but what were prisoners do? of war in Afghanistan and Iraq. But what were they doing? Destroying them, bro. Remember me and Mike were telling you about, like, they would string them up naked and, and blare, like, heavy metal, like death metal, like really high decibels, put them in a hot box, waterboarding, obviously. Um, you know all we that all that stuff but it was boring, really like the yeah. music one was like the biggest yeah, like I've torture heard. thing out of the 21st century It was like you play heavy death metal at really high decibels and it makes them go crazy
1: i've heard audio, audio torturing is yeah. like the new thing now because people they'll play like the lazy town theme song like oh, <laughs> bake man. a cake like yeah. Yeah, high decibels and like put that on repeat or something or um whatever what if someone just blared memes at you like whatever what do you
0: mean like clockwork orange like visual or yeah yeah
1: that's torturing just like what if they just did that or you would hate the internet like but like you wouldn't even know if it's the
0: internet you would just hate society because that's what you're getting yeah the
1: (laughs) bass boosted like (laughs) hip-hop with bass boosted like memes um yeah just do stuff like that um so let's talk about the next scene that's going to be in this minute. So this, this is a character who's who's spending her time doing, uh, I don't know what this is called. Uh, I've heard it before. It's a type of yoga, right? It's like.
0: Oh, the. Um, oh, man. What is it called? Where they use like straps and harnesses. and. and no, that's the other thing. And silk. It's something else. The silk ones? No. Oh, <laughs> you're talking about sexual. No, there's like silk not silk dancers silk uh tra- trap
1: that sounds cool i yeah. I might I, I'll go with that one the uh the art of uh yoga and and blankets is something coming up for you what yeah you I mean like
0: aerial silks aerial um, silk? static
1: trapeze is what it's called static trapeze yeah or aerial silk I feel like that's like something i
0: saw it done live one time incredible i even got to talk to the people that like were like the the gymnasts or whatever Mm -hmm. incredible um yeah it's i feel like like you actually
1: like fly it's a good it's a good idea for this character because she represents the theatrical the, the theatrical foundation that the batman franchise is founded on with not only Batman, but like Robin's origins. Yeah, Batman is all comedy and tragedy. It is theatrical, yeah, the, so yeah. she has to fit in line theatrical. with that. So Joker, Harley Quinn, Carnival, Static Trapeze, like aerial yoga, Cirque du Soleil, like yeah, of Cirque course du kind of thing. this like and this is such a good way to introduce the character in a way where she has to pass time. She needs. She's bored is the only thing she can do. It's also She's, a workout, too. Yeah, it's the safest thing they gave her to do. Um, and so, yeah, this is how we are introduced to the, like, world-famous Harley Quinn character, a character that uh, I believe was born in the 1990s, like, 92. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. I'll get into her origin. Yeah, go for it.
0: Um, okay, so she did originate... What, you want? Uh, she did originate from... Um, uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Timm's um, the animated series Batman, not not the um, series itself, um, but uh, her comic book uh, first appearance was from <laughs> a comic book series that was derived from the animated series. Um, I think it was number twelve in the Mad Run, Mad Love Run, um, in book form. But then she was really. Uh, set in stone in the animated series um there was an adaptation of mad love that was supposed to be made into the the animated um series uh but then it was uh too too dark um so then it made it into like that holiday episode um Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember but uh, i can picture the the cover of it really it's hard for really me easy. to
1: remember specifics about the character, mm-hmm. but to me, it's more apparent of the the growth of her popularity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and nowadays, we're like the uh, the worst parts of being a nerd get mad at the fact that she is so popular like Harley Quinn this Harley Quinn that you know like she's so abundant now that it's easy to hate on that but in all fairness I find this character so much more entertaining than the Joker character like I yeah. like a good Harley Quinn character um I'm a little indifferent it's it, and it's because of the injustice
0: Storyline. The Injustice story is the one storyline that I do very much enjoy the writing of Harley Quinn. Yes. Very much. Anything else is just like, okay, yeah.
1: But she, I mean, you know, it seems like nowadays, like, okay, so the character got popular and popular and popular because of who she was. She was female Joker, and people found that, you know, it, it, it was the craziness of the Joker, but an attractive woman, which satisfied a bunch of nerds and that's why she's really popular but now people are like this is a woman who you know in their narratives like overcame the abuse of a maniac person like Mm -hmm. and so she's become kind of like this character who uh that we've become begun to sympathize for and that is the best part of her evolution is that now we care about her because of her character not because of her looks um which now it's just a win-win because she's both attractive and attractive inside like emotionally as a character um you know and it you know and like in the injustice storylines and in the video games she is a character that we like to you know she's cool she's amazing um and this movie you know, like, again, that's the case where it's like, oh, Harley Quinn's in this movie. Like, it's all about her. And it's like, yeah, but she's still kind of, in, in my opinion, the more emotional parts of this film come from her. Like, if I have an emotional reaction, it's because either of her subplot or whatever her moment is in the actual plot with the rest of the Suicide yeah. Squad, like, I connect more with that and it's one because she was written great in this film and because Margot Robbie is portraying the character. And I remember, and I've said it, people heard me say it all the time, but yeah, when I saw Wolf of Wall Street and she was sporting that New York accent because she was Australian, Margot mm-hmm. Robbie. Um, and she had a New York accent for Wolf of Wall Street. And I remember it being in a the theater going like, this is who should be playing Harley Quinn. Like, you know, when they cast that character, and sure enough, when they casted Harley Quinn, it was Margot Robbie, and I was like, "Yo, I called it because this is <laughs> this is like perfect casting." And that if DC has done any anything correctly, it has been the casting, one hundred percent. Everyone who's been casted from Aquaman to Cyborg, Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller, like spot on casting, um, and yeah, it, it just it could not fail with this character. Um, like, the rest of the movie, you could be like, okay, you know, the rest of the movie is like a garbage fire storyline. <laughs> oh God, uh, <laughs> That's a great
0: description. Not of
1: the movie, just in general. I want to <laughs> use that more garbage <laughs> fire. Ready player just, one, garbage fire. Yeah,
0: that's but like, just in general. Like, a garbage fire is one of the worst things. The smell, the heat, oh, God.
1: But uh, this character... Is great and and that's why this character, out of all the other ones in this film, is getting a movie in the works. You know they're putting her in Birds of Prey. It's like the reason they did that is because sh- she was the best part of this movie. Fans liked her. Yeah, that's sold. Yeah, I mean you can't deny it. It's for the money's at. Yeah, and it's a win-win situation. Um, they hit the nail on the head. They got you know, it's just the best part. So. Seeing this character in this movie when I watch it, like if I were to watch the movie today or even seeing this minute, it's like I'm here to have a good time like it's a good moment you know when she's not on screen, that's when people start to go like all right, I don't uh I don't care about uh boomerang, <laughs> you know captain boomerang or you know whatever yeah um which is not what I'm not saying that, but it's you know for some people it might be because the general audience doesn't know who Captain Boomerang is, you know? They don't... um, As far as the rogues go, like, that's not the most captivating character. But Margot Robbie, the actress, playing Harley Quinn, one of the most popular Batman characters, or just comic book characters in general now, like, total win-win. The song playing here while she's doing the static... um, What's it called? Static what? Static S- oh. yoga? Oh, Stati- you got, yeah Yeah, I, I... Static trapeze? Static trapeze? Uh,
0: was that what it was called? Static... Uh, static yeah, X. static trapeze. Aerial silks. Aerial silks. Um, that sounds like someone's name. Sounds like a porn star's name. Doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it does. Uh, the song playing here is um, You Don't Own Me by... I remember from a car commercial. Really? Yeah, they
0: played it in a car commercial. I couldn't remember what commercial it was, but it was like these people were like getting fed up with like their job or something like that, and then they would get in the car and drive and then like blare this music as if like I don't know, a girl like got off of work and she was all in a hustle and was like, "Ah, I got to let my rage out with singing along to this song." Sounds terrible,
1: to <laughs> <I'll> be honest. <laughs> uh, I only remember it cuz I had GE's in it, but the person who actually Wrote this song is Grace, or performs the song is Grace. They don't always write their own music, but yeah, this is someone named Grace. I've never heard this person besides this song. Um, and G eazy is featured on it now. You like G eazy a lot, not I wouldn't say a lot. I, I like G Easy. You talked about him for about a year, he's okay. Uh, it's it's a it's a good it's a good song tonally for the Harley Quinn character being introduced in kind of like this very serene cage that she's in. Like well, I
0: mean, and then if you going back to the whole Joker relationship, it's kind of yes. the opposite of that. I mean, maybe in her mind she thinks, you don't owe me, but yet when the dude comes calling, she goes running.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, she's, she's fighting that... I don't even know if she's fighting that struggle yet. She... She's not there yet. Mm-mm. She hasn't broken over that, and uh, I think she
0: she starts fighting it when she meets someone like when she meets Poison Ivy and she has an outlet to talk about it and someone else to and then confide she in she Poison Ivy. Yeah, and yeah. And yeah. we're like, there you go. Like, there, you go. Like, there you go. You found it. Good job. <laughs> Good
1: for you. Um, yeah. This is the uh, this song best describes uh, kind of like the the impending turmoil that she will have with the Joker character. Something that we want to see more of because um, I don't, people don't like when she's dating Joker now. Now we like it when she's trying to get away from that lifestyle. Um, and so it is, it is a good song choice if they had to play licensed music. Um, again, there's the whole Stephen Price soundtrack. So you guys just have to listen to that and, and see what it would have been like. I want to see someone re like a fan edit of this film with just Steven Price music and see what it's like in that i want to see what that's like right. without licensed music but um yeah i think they should have been playing britney spears
0: crazy i don't and know <laughs> so right. you don't know that song oh that's what they should have been playing
1: i don't remember that at all but you don't remember you know that song though i know yeah i do now but yeah um this one the the song isn't playing inside the it's not playing inside her. All right. Well, no, no, no. I'm asking. Oh, are you asking? I'm asking. Do you I don't know. Is
0: it? I don't know. I don't. Know. I have no. I don't. I don't know. Is she? This where she's like drinking tea. She, no, not yet. Not yet. She's just doing the. the she's tea. just hanging. I
1: don't think it. Yeah, it stops there too, doesn't it? It's
0: just. Um. Up. Up. Yeah. She's just. Yeah. She's just doing her stretches. But
1: it's an echo thing, right?
0: There's an echo because. Like the footprints of the soldiers walking up to her cell start to come in, and then it turns into an echo, and then they start a little chatter. She doesn't have
1: like a boombox in the corner of the cage. I
0: don't know. I remember thinking that when it shows a more establishing shot of like the room that she's in, there are
1: things like there's a television
0: in the corner, there's something else, there's like a coffee machine that she had No, that's at the end. Um,
1: yeah, how does she have the porcelain?
0: No, oh, we'll get there, but like. They all get things at the end to, like, help them, you know, <laughs> you in their one struggles thing. or whatever. And, yeah, like, her thing was, like, she got, like, a cappuccino machine or something like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? And she asked for that. Yeah, and Floyd got, so like, a letters the letters to, movie. he got to, like, see his kid, like, visitation and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. like, that, that is... He his daughter's own math tutor. Yeah.
0: Um, but I do remember there, I feel like there was a shot of, like, her entire room has things outside of the cage. So maybe there is speakers. Yeah,
1: maybe she's playing music. Like, that should be... Like, if I was going to be in a maximum security prison, I would at least like some music. You can't play your own music. It has to be, like, Warden's radio. everything's Bluetooth and wireless now. Just put an Alexa on the other side of the cage and let me just be like, hey, play Baja (laughs) Men. Of course. (laughs) Like... Just grant me that. Uh, like, I don't have to touch anything now. So oh, so
0: here's a new wave torture device. You put someone in a room, and you get them in, like, to life, and their only entertainment is music, but you only give them hit clips.
1: Oh, so you only get, like, a minute? Yep. You think someone in prison will start their own podcast? Like, I'm here for life. I can start a podcast, right? It like, probably exists. I think it does
0: exist. I think it does. I'm pretty sure there was something where, like, they, they're, like, in prison
1: and they talk. Unless it was a joke, I remember. <laughs> they just someone interview other yeah. inmates. They come in for their, their episode and it, it releases out there. I'm pretty sure
0: there's something where someone is in jail and they do recordings or a radio show.
1: That should be a thing. I think it is. But, yeah, like, give me something to do, please. <laughs> like, listening to, like like I said, like a Bluetooth Oops. speaker on the other side of the room that I can play music. Like I'll be fine. Like I think if I was in prison, I would just be working out a lot and reading books. Yep. Like that's all I would, I would just be getting, it's just summer camp. <laughs> like you just gotta like have some newfound mentality of like, I'm here to better myself yeah. in more ways. That's than the way more. I would take yeah. away. Yeah, That's what I would take away. But Hey, what can um, you do? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the song. It's uh, You Don't Owe Me by Grace featuring g Easy. We've got some Ariel Silks, harlequin, Quinn. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for this one. Yeah, that seems, that's pretty much wraps it up. Cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap here for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, and all social media at EU Minute. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number three of Suicide Squad.